The Philadelphia Eagles remain undefeated at 5-0, 23-14 the final score. A big win in L.A. over the Rams. The postgame show coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. You are Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. What's up, everybody? It's the postgame show right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, a 23-14 to win for the Birds over the Los Angeles Rams. The Eagles remain undefeated at 5-0. and and what a win. Gino, honestly, it's weird because when you look at the score, it's only a nine-point win, and there are still some issues that we're annoyed by from this team on both sides that we've been getting into every single week. But at the same time, I would say this felt like the most dominant win they've had, and the only reason that the scoreboard didn't reflect that is the red zone offense. But that looked like the 2022 Eagles on both sides of the ball in the main elite areas. The one area and the one part of the game that really showed me how dominant the Eagles were yeah. was in that first half towards the end of the first half. And you're probably thinking that was the, the worst half of football that they've had out of the two. Right. And yeah. the reason why I say that is because you win in the middle eight and it's the last four minutes before the half and it's the first four after the half. And what they did, even though they didn't capitalize and go into the end zone, they were able to get three points then the Rams go down and they score. Yep. And then the Eagles have next to no time, 32 seconds, all three timeouts. And they established who they were at that moment and said, we are a dominant offense in the National Football League. And regardless of what that score shows, Lou, what they did in that moment to go march down the field and just assert who they were. When everything was going awry, the pass defense couldn't get going. The offense couldn't capitalize outside of that first drive. It looked like they were going to go down into the half, 14 to 10. They score a touchdown when everything is against them. And then after the half, with all of that momentum they took into the half because of that, they dominated. That second half, Lou, was dominant on oh, offense, yeah. defense, special teams. Defense they dominated. That's the thing, Gino. The first half, I mean, there were some issues. The secondary was getting cooked by Cooper Cup. By Pukanuka, by Matt Stafford, Pukanuka. Excuse me. <laughs> it's been a long day, man. <laughs> that one, that one would be great for the Lockdown uh, Rams podcast for sure. But um, yeah, for sure. I mean, there were issues. The red zone offense had to keep settling for field goals. But when you look at again, even when this team is not playing at a hundred percent of their potential, when they're at seventy five percent it still feels like that's the best team in football. It feels like other teams have to be at like 110% to even have a chance. And that's a testament to Howie Roseman and the roster he's built because they're so elite and so consistent in the areas that matter most, i.e. the offensive line, the defensive line, their quarterback in Jalen Hurts, who's been heating up the last two and a half weeks, an amazing performance today, over 300 yards passing, finally unleashed him as a runner, which really helped this team, especially on third down. Mm -hmm. A.J. Brown, three monster games in a row. This Dallas Goddard finally breaks out. They're elite with their weapons and their two lines. It makes it impossible to stop this team, even when their secondary isn't great, when their red zone offense is off. It doesn't matter because when those areas are that good, everything else, it's not like it doesn't matter, but you have a chance in every game, not only a chance, but you're going to be favored in every game. 
the Rams coming into this game were right there with you at top of the league in time of possession when it yeah. came to controlling the football. Listen to this, Lou. The Eagles held the ball for 37 minutes and 55 seconds. They went 13 for 18. 13 for 18 on third down. Yeah. That's elite level third down conversion. They out yardaged the Rams. I I can't, I look at these numbers and it's just it's insane to me. 454 to 249. 295 yards in the air compared to Matt Stafford at 195. On the ground, it was 159 to 54. We talked about the threat of Matt Stafford potentially going berserk in this game. Lou, Jalen Hurts just let the league know that he's the gosh darn MVP and this guy isn't going anywhere. Jalen Hurts' final stats on the game, 25 of 38, 303 yards, a touchdown. That pick, honestly, I think it was a miscommunication. I thought A.J. Brown, he thought, AJ was going to fight one-on-one contested right in front of the end zone. Brown was trying to lead past Mm -hmm. uh, the sticks. And then you look at two, the rushing 15 carries, 72 yards and a touchdown. That was so massive. And I think it's been smart that Jalen's been taking care of himself more this year, not bringing on contact, picking and choosing his spots. They haven't been using as much design runs, but this game did show the element that has really been missing from this offense. When he does look explosive, when he is making those plays, I mean, Gino, that third and seven converted run he had in the second half where he breaks two tackles and just absorbs that contact it really shows how just unstoppable this offense is I mean that final drive the Rams seem so frustrated because they're stacking the box to stop the run because you think the Eagles are going to go on this typical nine minute drive where they just demoralize you through the ground and so they're playing single high safety coverage and AJ Brown beats them on that Mm. deep you know crosser and so and then they back up a little bit and DeAndre Swift hits him with a big run on second down to move the sticks. They are, they're so complete on offense that even again, when the red zone offense isn't getting going, you're still winning these football games. And that's the thing. Like when is the dam going to break? It looked like it could break at times today and they're oh so close. And I'm with you on it being a miscommunication with AJ on that one where yeah. if you saw where the ball was placed, it was the front of the pylon. That's a back shoulder it type like of it was throw. On purpose. Right. Akella yeah. Weatherspoon played it beautifully. Like he undercut it. That's exactly how you want to play that as a DB. But outside of that, man, he had the one miss to who was it? Quez Watkins that was a little bit high. But besides that, the kid delivered some absolute gems. The ball yeah. that was incomplete to AJ Brown on the sideline, which was could have been a one handed throw grab. of the day crazy throw the throw he had right down the seam right before halftime with AJ Brown caught it with one hand was unbelievable. Some the Goddard of the sideline grab to, on the, the left side banana I mean, land. Oh. The guy on the run looked pretty good today. Lou, some of the Houdini esque type of plays he had getting outside of the pocket and passing the ball. And so much has to be said about how far we have come. And there was a moment when I was watching that replay for the 727th time of Jalen Hurts on that run where he runs over two guys, his he lands on his ankle. It looks like his knee just shattered, and he continues to run for like seven more yards where I was thinking Sam Bradford's brain would explode at the thought of ever doing something like his that. His knee and would have exploded we were, just because of the thought. Yeah, we, we were there 10 years ago at the quarterback position and how far we've come and Jalen Hurts proving everybody wrong time and time and time again. And as a pocket passer, Lou, this kid is everything we could have wanted and more. And when he needs to become the Hulk and Bruce Banner has to go crazy, 
He mm-hmm. does that, and it's out of necessity. It's not yeah. out of just doing it to do it because he's so good as a passer. I prefer him to stay in the pocket. When he gets off schedule, he gets a little hectic and he gets a little frantic, but then he goes and he makes these Houdini-esque plays, and you're saying, just go do you, Jalen. Like, go yeah. be Damian Lillard. Go be Steph Curry where you're just cooking and you could put that ball wherever you want it. And I like that this is the game they picked to unleash him a little more in that way. And he maybe felt he can unleash himself in that way a little more is because they thought they were going to have to score points. But, you know, they really didn't have to. The defense held tight. We're going to get into the defensive performance in segment two. But just want to talk a little bit more about this offense because this game, again, they only scored 23 points. And that's on the red zone offense. We'll get into that. But it did show two of the missing elements that we saw from last year, which made them so unstoppable. It was Jalen as a runner. And then Dallas Goddard. I mean, yes, A.J. Brown stole the show again. Six catches for 127 yards. But Dallas Goddard finally broke out. Eight catches for 117 and a touchdown. Averaged 14.6 yards per reception. That was the element, too. As good as A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are, when you have an elite tight end that's making deep shots down the field like that, Again, it just it makes you that much more unstoppable because this is another different type of receiver that can make different types of catches that you also have to defend over the middle screen game, and that that was huge. Dallas Goddard is at his best when after the catch, he makes you think about wanting to tackle him. When he just comes at you with that fiery mentality, and that was him and then some today, Lou. You've yeah. been chasing two things. Quez Watkins to get right, which is never going to happen. Over we that, got, you got to be done with him. Over he is that. not And good I know Hurts missed him wide open in the end zone, but Jalen has every right to not look. Quez has no Quite right to be waving his hands in the air. I'm not looking that. his way either, man. Never. But you were dang right on Dallas Goddard getting back to his 2022 ways. Saying I don't want to gloat only... because I've been saying it for you weeks. You were right on. Just... It's, but it had to come at some point. You it needed him to. to do this. Because, again, for this offense to get to where they were last year, as far as Brown and Smith can take you and this run game, Goddard has to be involved and have these types of games. And there was some plays where he's just, like, downright going to get schemed open. Like, if you're going to cover him with 97 Hoped or whatever that character's name was that was an NPC for the Rams on the other side of the ball, he's going to get open. But at the same time, he was just dominant where it was like, okay, we're just going to play this leverage route, which they did a lot of today, which yeah. makes me believe that they knew that they were going to win a lot of those man matchups. DeAndre Swift did that a lot of the time. Dallas Goddard did that a lot of the time. A.J. Brown did that a lot of the time. And even if Devontae didn't cook, you have all of these guys going off when necessary, and you know that you have all of these pitches in your bag, all of these clubs in your bag. It's like you might own one club that you pay, you take out every three or four rounds, but when you take it out, it's effective. Like That's what Dallas Goddard was today. It's like you knew you could hit this club as far as you can and better yeah. than any other club, and that's what they did with DG. He he dominated it. He had yeah. an, an unbelievable block in the run game for DeAndre Swift on that one where DeAndre just escapes out of a phone booth. And that was like the closeout drive, you know, to yep. go up nine. Yeah. It was Eagles football, 2022, mm. late 2021, where they're going to go on eight, nine, ten plus play drives time and time again and show off that they are elite. They are an elite football team. That's who and, they are. Miss yeah. me with the score. They are there. And this, I mean, honestly, it's a historic off. I don't want to say elite at this point. I want to say it's a historic offensive line. What that offensive line today? Yes. I didn't even. I did not recognize Aaron Donald. One Ooh. sack. I mean, the ground game took over when they needed to 150 over 150 rushing yards. The pass protection was there were some times Hertz had all day to stand back there and deliver. 
I mean, Jason Kelsey got me so fired up. Gino, I don't know if you saw, but mm-hmm. they got that penalty on the false start or the uh, the delay of game, right? And Kelsey starts freaking out on his offensive line, as he should, because there's just too many calls going out. They can't identify the mic. And then the next play, you can see how angry he was. And on this pole block, just obliterates a, Ra- a poor Rams DB to get a big run. I mean, that, that offensive line was incredible today, and they didn't even have Cam Jurgens out there. What more can be said about why the Eagles win? If it would ever clear, as ever, today showed it. This felt like a Howie game, honestly. Yeah. What does he do best, Lou? He dominates in the trenches. He will continue to go and stock the cupboards, even though he has 5,000 things of paper towel he'll buy, 5,000 more. They draft Jalen Carter, and they get the biggest steal in the league, and Hassan Reddick's like, Oh, I'm just going to be the guy for two straight plays. Oh, we're going to talk about him, man. We're going to get into it. Howie that Roseman yeah. won you this game today. Like, even Sua Opeta, who's like maybe the weak link out of both trenches today, played yeah. unbelievable in a, the toughest yeah. assignment of the season going against 99 and Eric You Donald. didn't even notice him in, in a good way. And so it was a great performance from the offense. In the red zone, not so much. We will get into that and more coming up next. Right here on the postgame show, the Eagles are 5-0, and a 23-14 win over the Los Angeles Rams. And guys, today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Hopefully, you placed a little more today with LOE3. If you rode with me, you're going to win big with Dallas Goddard. That's $200 back, though, in bonus bets, win or lose. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL and the LockedOn Podcast Network. This is the LockedOn Eagles postgame show, 23-14. The final score, the Eagles take it over the Rams to get to 5-0. and And again, Gina, we mentioned this, only 23 points, but it felt like the most complete win of the season, like they looked last year, where the run game was at will producing, the passing game at will producing, the defense, the secondary was struggling, but really tightened up in the second half. I mean, shout out to Sean Desai and those adjustments. The pass rush took over to only allow 14 points and what, I mean, only six third down conversions for the Rams in this game, considering they were putting up a lot of points this year, and this felt like a kind of a mismatch. We were calling for a shootout a bit. For that defense to do what they did, especially with the way it was looking early, is, I mean, that's that's a great adjustment and just a great performance. The second half was a big-time gut check, and we have to, with all pun intended, give Nick Sirianni his flowers because he accomplished something today, Lou, that not... Buddy Ryan, Dick Vermeil, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson ever accomplished as coaches of the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Sirianni has taken two teams in back-to-back years to 5-0 and starts. That is the first time that's ever happened in back-to-back seasons in the history of the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Hats off to the coaching staff today. It was a tough outing, Lou. You were going against Sean McVay, who was in his bag early on, man. The way he was just getting these guys open, just getting the matchups he wanted. He was taking what he wanted like candy from a baby. And they went into that locker room after getting all that momentum and said, we have to show who we are. And they talked with their pads. The defense allowing what, like less than 75 yards in that second half? Insane. The offensive line having a ridiculous amount of 10-plus play drives that go for eight minutes. They had 
two of them today. I think they were close to a third on that last one. If they were able to pick up a first down, they had nine plays. They would have got to 10 plays. They are just doing everything well by dominating in the trenches, and it all boils down to that. And Lou, I thought at times on defense, especially in that first half, that the defensive line were the only guys out there playing up to their standard. I mean, Nicholas Morrow is playing like he just ate the biggest tub of popcorn you could have ever imagined. Hands for feet. Nothing is going their way. They get a a faux face mask call on a third and 26. And who was stepping up every time? Jalen Carter. There comes the defensive line. Nolan Smith dropping back into coverage. Played exceptionally Mm. well today. Very quiet day, but played great. Josh Sweat comes up big. Hassan Reddick. Lou, Hassan Reddick went out there and threw two 105-mile-per-hour fastballs past Shohei Otani, past Mike Trout. He said, I'm the best guy on this team right now, and I'm going to show it because I just walked this guy back 27 yards and ended the game single-handedly. That's who won the game for them. The defensive backs and everybody in that back seven should buy the defensive line dinner every day for the next month to maybe next year. No, I agree. And, you know, I do feel like, again, the secondary did rebound pretty well in the second half. I thought uh, Bradley Roby in the slot actually had some good reps. I thought, you know, Eli Ricks battled out there. I thought it was a little unfair. They're having him lined up one-on-one with Cooper Cup early on in the game. Um, Bradley uh, James Bradbury made some plays, but overall, this, yes, this was, again, more of a Howie thing than even Desai. He called up some nice blitzes, though. I like Timely in the second half, but the defensive line was just so good that they weren't going to let the secondary bring them down. I mean, Jalen Carter, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, two sacks today. This might, this is starting to get to be one of the biggest steals in NFL history with the way this kid looks. And Five games into the league, into the season, Lou. It's crazy, yeah. man. I mean, it's unbelievable. And as you mentioned, Hassan Reddick, two sacks. It just feels like this is two weeks in a row where he has clutch sacks in the fourth quarter. It really must have been the cast, you know, because he looks like the 2022 Hassan Reddick that's making sacks every single week. And they're just, they're always in such huge spots. I mean, to have back-to-back sacks on third and fourth down when the Rams are trying to, you know, drive to pull within a point or two. I mean, just so clutch. So yeah, this really was a defensive line performance. And again, that's why I keep saying, even if the red zone offense is off a little bit, the secondary is off. When you have strengths like this, it doesn't, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but sometimes it doesn't matter. At least with maybe how you win, it matters. But winning, this always ends in the same result. The reason I'm trending towards this defensive line, and I know everybody's going to be like, oh, recency bias, this, that, and the other. They have been burdened a lot more by the back seven than I think that 2022 defense ever really was. I mean, there were a couple games when Chauncey's out there and Josiah Scott has to play for him, right? And there's a couple spots where it's like, okay, but James Bradbury was playing at an all-pro level. So was Darius Slay. They got into it in the second half today, but they went into it, Lou. And and I want to say this out loud because I'm not dreaming. Where they had seven, six days to game plan for this game. And Sean Desai said, all right, the first drive, I'm not going to put Darius Slay on Cooper Cup one time. And Nick Sirianni said, okay, that's how we're going to approach this. And they did that. And Sean McVay said, okay, if you're going to give this to me, I'm going to take it. And the front had to go and say, all right, if the coach isn't going to help us out in this first half, we have to go and do it. 
And then once the coach was like, okay, maybe we should actually put this guy, Bradley Roby, out there, who's way better than Mario Goodrich and Eli Ricks already. And no fault to their own. They're undrafted free agents. It's just a tough spot to ask them to cover these really good yeah. wide receivers. Right. But I'm I'm pretty sure that when Bradley Roby was in there, he allowed next to nothing out of the slot. They settled in, they bunkered down, and what you needed to happen to get to Matt St- Stafford early and often was to have that cohesion of the front in the back end. And what happened in the second half, Lou, it came together and it was just epitomized by that Jalen Carter double team evisceration where they tried to double him. He chops, swipes, goes under, and just takes out Matt Stafford and says, we're here to play. Like, this is our field. Right. I, I think the secondary to Gino, like, Roby definitely did recover. Um, I thought he looked really good in the second half. But at the same time, it was interesting, the decision in the first half to – I get why they wanted James Bradbury back on the boundary, but this almost felt like the game they needed to have – him inside a little bit more um, and that was part of the struggles I think and then again Roby did play well but overall the, the secondary still it, it is a problem I mean it's not just the slot yeah. issue because as you mentioned good rich Ricks they're just they're too young and not experienced enough to cover star players mm-hmm. but it's also kind of on Bradbury and Slate like Gino they've had some good moments this year but they definitely don't look like their 2022 form and Again, there were moments today I'm like, man, they both got cooked, I mean, a couple times. So I'm not to discredit the secondary and the recovery they had, but this I'm really crediting the defensive line for this one. That's what I think we have to do, right? I don't want to get too much into the negative because I think how you respond to getting hit just says as much, if not more, about you than getting hit in the face first off. Like, I get it. Sean McVay schemed together a really good first half. I mean, that was excellent. And Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, those guys win one-on-one matchups. Tutu Atwell even won some one-on-ones against James Bradbury, right? That's going to happen in the National Football League, especially in today's day and age. Playing corner is tough. It's difficult, especially going in off, going against an offense like this. It was a concern, but if you have this just monster which is that defensive front without Fletcher Cox, mind you, Lou, without right. Marlon Tuipalotu, who is yeah. maybe the most efficient of all of these guys. They they just put it on the table today and said this is maybe the best unit in, like in football, which is crazy with how good their offensive line is. Like that defensive line is just so good. It's so right. good. I agree. And uh, again, as we mentioned, like they're still not even hitting their stride like in certain areas in the red zone offense, the secondary, and yet they still look dominant at 5-0. and uh, Gino, I want to get into what they can fix a little more. We'll talk more about the red zone offense coming up next, 23-14, to the final score right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. We'll continue. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So let me tell you how to help you with that. Go to LinkedIn Jobs, and they will make sure that you are 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. You won't be ending up putting Mario Goodrich on Cooper Cup because LinkedIn Jobs never would allow you to do that. All you have to do if you are hiring, 
Go to your site today, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Bradley Roby, I think he took advantage of that purple hashtag hiring frame, went to the Eagles LinkedIn job site and got himself a job and came up in a big moment. And you can too by going to LinkedIn jobs where they help you find qualified candidates to talk to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. All right, you know, let's get into a little bit of the negative because again, the Eagles win it 23, 14, they're five and oh, I think it, again, it was the most complete win they've had all year, but at the same time, the reason the score does not reflect that if you didn't watch this game, you would be like, that's how is that the case at all? The main reason is because they just didn't put up enough points because this offense through the air on the ground, they were doing whatever they wanted from their own one yard line. And it felt like all the way up to the opposing 15 or 20 yard line. And then things just, and this has been the theme all year. It continues to unravel. It feels like Brian Johnson and Jalen hurts in this offense. They know who they are. And then they get into that. Not even like when they're on the one or two, they score those all the time because of the tush push. It's just in that 20 to 10 vicinity. You know what I mean? Where Brian Johnson doesn't know what he's doing, and that continued to be a problem today. And you still are getting these wins because of everything else you're so good at. But again, we've said this over and over, when you play better teams as the schedule goes on, these field goal drives, you're going to have to result in touchdowns. And we saw a lot of instances of that last year where that was the case. I will say there was one occasion when it wasn't on Brian Johnson. Where no, sure, like Jalen missed Quez, right? I mean, that's on Jalen. Okay, no, we're not going to blame Jalen first here, Lou. We're going to go to Quez Watkins. Okay, that's fair. Who, 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 Lou? Yeah. Day one <laughs> high school install. We have Ooh. two guys to the boundary, mm-hmm. two Third corners. Third and two. And we could pick up both. One guy's blocking outside leverage. One guy's blocking inside leverage. You funnel through and pick up the first down. And this guy decides yards, to run know. outside, Lou. He ran yeah. outside. What is this guy doing? He does not deserve to ever touch the football the way Dallas Goddard was playing, the way A.J. Brown was playing, the way Swift, Jalen Hurts, hmm. even the way O.Z. played last week. Yeah, He does not deserve to play, but let's get back to the matter of the fact of Brian Johnson. I really think it's time, Lou, that they have to have a conversation. Like, Brian, you're really good calling things, like from one to like the 11-yard line of the other team. We're going to allow somebody else. I don't know who it would be. Maybe it's your quarterback's coach. Maybe it's somebody in there. I mean, Kevin Petulo could potentially be that guy. But we're going to allow him to start calling some plays in the red zone. And I think you you have to. You have to, Lou. I thought it was going to come up big today when you're playing the Rams, where at first it felt like you were going to get into a little bit of a shootout here. Then your defense settles in, thankfully. But what if, Lou? Like, how big is that Quez play if the Rams continue to just stream out touchdowns? And How big is calling... A, a run to Jalen Hurts, a run to Kenny Gainwell, a, a run to Jalen Hurts again yes. for another week in a row, and, Lou. That's insanity. Yeah. That's and insanity. And I kind of, I kind of, I didn't like the logic. I understood there was some sort of logic there where Nick's probably like, you know, four minutes left. Let's do the math. We kick a field goal right. here. We don't turn the ball Play over. Play to win. Nine. Play not to lose. But yes, exactly. But, and sure. Yes. Up nine. Would it be more difficult for the Rams with four minutes to do that? Sure. But guess what? If you score a touchdown, like you're saying, I, that's a perfect way to say it. Play to win. 
not play to not lose. You score a touchdown there, the game is completely over. over. Yep. And when you have this offense as talented as they are, and when they can do whatever they want, it feels like at any other part of the field, to be this inept, it feels like at times when you get that close, is inexcusable because you can throw in that area. You have the physical players if you need. You have Goddard and Brown. You have the route runners like Devontae Smith. You've got the offensive line if you need to run the ball. You've got a power running back. You've got fast running backs. You've got a power quarterback. There should be no reason that they're this inconsistent in the red zone. And so you're right. Some of it's on Quez Watkins. Some of it's on Jalen Hurts. Some of it's on, you know, anybody. But the most part, it's, it's Brian Johnson. And I don't know what the fix is. But again, it's just there's there's no excuse. And you mentioned something too, like you didn't need the touchdowns today because the Rams weren't scoring like we thought they would. But again, there's going to come games where that those field goal drives are going to cost you a loss. It's going to, it's going to result in a loss. The what ifs, like it came back to yeah. bite them in the Super Bowl last year. Like people, why do you, I have anxiety about okay, this? That's a, yes. Because of that, because of what no, we witnessed so, last that's year. So, right? so true. Like you're so right. 2022, we were winning games over and over again, but you would always mention at the end, like, Hey, by the way, though, Special teams, this might be a problem. And then we'd say Jonathan Gannon, hey, like he still hasn't played a good quarterback and shut him down. And you're right. And we're like, we kept saying they're still winning, though. They're still winning. It's not stopping them yes. from being an elite team. That's the same point this year. But you're right. It can come back to bite you. It always can. I mean, it's you can have a sports car, but if the engine is faulty, like it's yeah. going to fail at some point. I'm not right. saying the engine is faulty, I'm not saying the sky is falling. There are just little things that this team definitely has to figure out if they want to get to that next step because that next step is just pure domination. Like for two quarters today, they dominated and they saw what they could be. But if they could just put it together and I'm trying to think about maybe Lou, it's the opposite of what the 2017 Eagles defense was where the 2017 Eagles defense was definitely outmanned on the back end. But when they got into the red zone, it was like there's only so many things you can do. There's only so many weight like leverages that you can play against like mm-hmm. different spots. Like in the between the 20s, I mean, you're getting two-way goes all day long. When it's right. condensed, maybe that has something to do with the play calling of Brian Johnson. It just hasn't clicked. I don't know exactly what it is, but it has to change because those drives where you're settling for three and you're settling for three, like points are awesome, right? But touchdowns mm-hmm. are better. You could have went for the knockout blow. With getting that touchdown instead, you're like, I'm just going to like land a couple more body shots. It's like, no, yeah. you saw the opening and the football game, and that's where they have to get to because you don't want it to come back and bite them. But today when you dominate like they did, Lou, for two quarters and your right. quarterback is as good as he is and your offensive line is that good and your defense becomes what you knew they could be with the playmakers, yeah. you get the result. Maybe not the score, but the result that matters. Exactly. And that's, that's what we're going to take with this. I mean, they're five and oh, they just continue to get better each and every week too. Gino, like we're talking less and less about certain issues and it just feels like they're starting to hit their stride. And this trajectory is perfect because again, the schedule gets tougher and tougher. And so if you're playing your best football and that gauntlet comes and it's coming, it's going to, I mean, they've mm-hmm. got the jets next week, which is pretty, hopefully an easy win, but Miami's coming up soon. And then we know what happens in November and December. So um, getting this passing game going though, has been the big thing the last two weeks. And now the pass rush is heating up. Hopefully the secondary can fix things. Maybe that's from Howie Roseman trading who knows, but this win felt, I think the best, honestly, of all of them so far this year.
But we'll continue to get into this win tomorrow. Stock up, stock, stock down coming up. We're your team every single day right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Four more shows for you. For Gino Camilleri, though, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off for today. Final score, 23-14. to 14. The Eagles take it in L.A. over the Rams. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.